You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. We all have 24 hours in a day. Today's episode is all about how to make the most of it. So let's get to it! (laughs) Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hi, Laura. Hey, Steph. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm really excited to do this podcast with you today. I think it's super timely. These ideas have been on my mind a lot lately, and I know they've been on yours. Definitely. So um, I think we've amassed some collective wisdom that we are trying to apply in our own lives as much as possible, not always being successful, but you know, it's a journey. Yeah. So I've been like kind of obsessed with the daily muse lately. Yeah, you got me hooked on Daily News. <laughs> I know. I think after like the twelfth link I sent you, <laughs> like finally <laughs> clued in that. <laughs> I was like, yep, yep, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, yeah um, Daily News is this website where they talk about mainly career advice and a lot about productivity and just all that good stuff. Affect like being effective at work and all yes. those awesome topics. And also just things in terms of like finding your passions and doing those things. And um, yeah, even for people who aren't looking for a new job, Daily Muse, amazing. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that we're talking about this today is that you had sent me, you had sent me a link to an article about the time wheel. I think they put it that way. The wheel of productivity. The wheel of productivity. I like to think of it as a pie chart, but whatever way you want to look at it. No, exactly. Want to explain what they were talking about in the article? Yeah, so the idea is like really simple. Um, <laughs> and most, I'd say, ninety percent of the article is actually just an infographic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially, you have this wheel, and you associate different colors with different activities, and you color each hour in the day based on what activity you filled with that time. Um, and it's like a very easy way to visualize whether or not you're filling your time with the colors and activities that matter most to you. Yeah. Um, or even like, it's a good way to figure out what your time sucks are, like whether you're spending time, time on things that really don't deserve your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized like when looking at the wheel that some things that are important to me, for example, like yoga, I'm not spending nearly enough time doing on a day-to-day basis and things like work or even time sucks like social media um are taking up a lot of my time yeah totally and i know that for me when i was doing like looking at that exercise um i almost found it difficult because i think it would be hard to estimate where i spent all of my time but even Mm -hmm. just having an imperfect uh but close enough representation um, can definitely trigger some ideas about wanting to change things up in your life. So, yeah, I think that everyone should take a look at that activity and whether or not you mm-hmm. complete it each day, um, it can just be a good reminder to keep track more mindfully of what you're doing, especially yeah. on the internet. If you're on the internet, I know you can be quote unquote working on something, but then you get drawn off into a million other things that mm-hmm. happens to me all the time. So, um, yeah, I really liked that. I thought it was really good. 
Yeah, and I mean, even before you get started, even by looking at the wheel, you probably have in your mind an idea of what your biggest time drains are. Or maybe I shouldn't say time drains, but time commitments. Yeah, time commitments and the ones that you could maybe tweak um, Mm -hmm. to be more to be more effective or to allow time for what you actually want to do. Yeah. So I think when I had originally sent the wheel to you, you immediately sent back this matrix, this urgent important matrix. Um, That just blew my mind. It was so wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I always, I was saying to Laura before the podcast that um, my family is not religious, but my mother and I, our religion is Stephen Covey. And if you don't know who Stephen Covey is, he's the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, The Third Alternative, uh, The Eighth Habit. Like he's written tons of books and they're all outstanding. And some of his ideas I just think are so powerful. And I know when I said this to you, something and you just clicked and you're like, yes, um, because Mm -hmm. the stuff that he writes about is just so universal and you can just you can really get behind all of his ideas, I find. So the urgent important matrix is exactly what it sounds like. You have four quadrants um, and it's basically urgent versus important. So you have the urgent and important quadrant, uh, which is things that are really important and that need to be done in a time sensitive way. You have the urgent but not important stuff. So that would be like busy work or things that need to get filed at work, like paperwork that isn't actually that important to you. In the thing I read, read, they were called interruptions, like I just did to you. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, interruptions. That's a good way of looking at it too. And then you have, of course, important but not urgent. Um, So that would be things like spending time with your family or uh, whatever. I mean, they're important, but they're not necessarily time sensitive. You have Mm -hmm. a long long time, hopefully, to do them in. Um, And then you have urgent and important. And of course, that's where you want to be spending the most of your time. And so he's talking about spending time in the urgent important and in the urgent non-important because urgent non-important, or sorry. Important non-urgent. Important non-urgent is really where you, where we forget to spend time, but where is really the most important place to spend time. Um, And so anyway, just looking at all of the daily activities that you do and trying to slot them into one of those quadrants and seeing where you spend mm-hmm. the most time can be really um, shocking, I think, and yeah. uh, really show you that you're maybe not living in line with your priorities. Or even evaluating what's on your to-do list. So categorizing them on a scale of one, one to 10 on the important and urgent scale and figuring out, okay, is this actually something worth um, like my time today? Yeah, um, I, I really liked in the article, the way he put it was that important activities have an outcome that ends to achievement of your goals, like your personal and professional goals. Right. And urgent activities uh, demand immediate attention, but they're often associated with somebody else's goals. True. Um, yeah. Not always. I think definitely you can have your own goals that are both urgent and important to you, but sometimes mm-hmm. they take a backseat because other people's urgency (laughs) affects you and you think you have to get something done. Um, Yeah. So I love that. I think those two tools for evaluating like how you already spend your time are really like 
really eye-opening, really key. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then I feel like once you've sort of evaluated, and I, I mean, I almost feel like most of us don't even need to, to do those activities. We already have some sense of I'm like spending too much time doing this and not enough time doing this before we even need like tools to look at it. But once you have determined, there are so many things we can do <laughs> to try and to try and fix it or to try and tweak it. Yeah. It, um, it really reminds me of the first things first idea that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. My man, Stephen Covey. Love yeah. him. Um, first things <laughs> first is another one of the things I've heard over and over and over again in my life from my mother, who's so wise and wonderful. Um, and also like never listens to this <laughs> podcast ever. So hi mom, never. Um, <laughs> the first things first, um, I love this demonstration that Stephen Covey does and he has this big glass jar. He's a bunch of big rocks. He has some gravel, he has some sand and like, maybe you've heard this before, but indulge me. So he brings someone up from the audience and asks them to put everything into the jar and they try and they are not able to because they put in some of the sand, they put in some of the gravel, and then they try and put in the rocks and it doesn't fit. And so they're like, no, it won't all fit in the jar. It's impossible. And then he empties everything out and starts by putting in the big rocks and then puts in the gravel and then puts in the sand. And look at that. The jar fits everything and it's a completely full, awesome jar. <laughs> so the metaphor here is that the jar is your life and the big rocks are things like the most important things mm -hmm. that would be your exercise your sleep schedule your eating right uh, spending time with your friends and family things that really feed you and are the most important um, the gravel and sand collectively represent all the little daily tasks you have to do, running to the post office, going to the movies, like everything that's extra is the rocks and uh, the gravel and the sand. And so what that has always meant to me is that you have to get the bare bones of your structure down. Um, the most important things need to be slotted into your life so that everything, because otherwise everything else will crumble um, eventually if you don't have those things. <laughs> in there it's not part of the metaphor <laughs> it's, part of, it's, it's part of this big metaphor that we call life laura so um, well it's basically like i don't know i don't know how to extend that metaphor to to bring that in but it's true if you don't have the rocks in there then you have no foundation for your life everything's right. just sand all right there we go i think we got it there we go <laughs> You have no foundation, you have no bedrock, and so your yeah. sand will crumble under the weight of, anyway, whatever. Point is, um, <laughs> big, big rocks first. Big rocks first. I, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, like and then there's the whole idea that you have to determine what those things are, and you do have to prioritize. So I think um, Zen Habits, we've talked about Leo from Zen Habits before. Like um, every podcast? Yeah. Yeah, like every podcast. <laughs> him and him and know me athlete. And um, Marie Forleo. They're like Yeah. Just direct you over <laughs> to their websites. Bye. The Trinity. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, so he talks about the ideas of having MITs, so your most important tasks, and only having one to three that you focus on every day. 
So making sure that you get those three things done and then being able to fill it in with those other things. So being able to fill it in with the sand after you've put in the three rocks. Um, and that definitely helps like doing things like if one of your most important ta tasks is exercising, if that's something you prioritize, doing it first so that you don't keep putting it off until you're too tired, super important. Totally, mm -hmm. totally. And I think over time, hopefully the three, the three important tasks, they don't need to be explicitly stated as your, do you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. you have your exercise and you're sleeping in place, you don't have to write like get eight hours of sleep on your to-do list and you can start mm -hmm. to automate those things, which is really good. And then your three most important tasks can be something that's actually sort of relevant yeah. to your daily work or whatever. But yeah. I love that idea of having a three, three item to-do list or really short to-do list. Um, um, and I also really like this idea of um, having sort of like a monthly running to-do list and then short daily to-do list. So you have somewhere to brain dump everything that's on your mind. I think keeping everything in your head is a sure way of to get stressed out. So um, if you have somewhere to just dump it all, I've been bullet journaling and this is one of the, the facets of bullet journaling is to have both a monthly and daily to-do list that you migrate tasks from one mm -hmm. to the other. Um, I like that too. Yeah, it's awesome because that way you know what's on the docket. Um, but again, urgent, important things that are that you need to do don't necessarily have to be done today. They don't necessarily have to be done tomorrow. And in, if they're all living inside your brain, sometimes you feel like they have to be done today. But if you write them down, you're like, oh, I don't actually have to go to the bank until next yeah. week or the week after or whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. definitely having short daily to-do lists. And yeah. just as a quick, I just want to throw this in really quickly. Um, I read last week this article about um, looking at your to-do list in a different way. And this isn't totally relevant to what we're talking about today, but in a way it is. Um, it was about a woman who she was always getting frustrated. She didn't have enough time in the day. And then she started looking at her to-do list in a different way. And she started making like a I think this is actually in the other article we talked about a to done list, like <laughs> things that things that we that you did do that day um, instead of what you didn't accomplish. Because sometimes I think we can get overwhelmed yeah. by like not checking everything off. But she was like, OK, mm -hmm. well, if I look at it, the reason I didn't do that was because I went and I had a glass of wine with a really old friend and I talked to her for two hours. And so. Yeah. It's like this idea of abundance, like maybe you didn't check off your three most important tasks, but maybe you were spending it in a different quadrant that actually is just more important altogether. Yeah, like a, whoa, there's like a fusion of like 17 <laughs> different articles here. So I know. I'm using, like what you said, like um, that comes from the Fast Company article that we were also looking at the five ways to work smarter was like base things based on what you, or base your success based on what you accomplished rather than how much time you spent doing it. True. Yeah. True. So that's this, similar this to woman, the to-done list. Yeah. This woman, she was talking about, because um, my word of the year is abundance. And so the reason it caught my eye was because she was talking about abundance and talking about instead of being like, oh, I don't have enough time in the day to do everything I want to do, um, just being like, well, I have just as much time as every other person does. And so how am I choosing to spend my time? And and look, like I'm spending it doing something that I really love. Like maybe I didn't go to the gym, but I did, I made a delicious meal for my family. So valuing all of the things that you actually do 
if they're things that you want to do instead of stacking them up in the sort of quantitative world of work, you can sort of look at them in a more qualitative way. I think that's a good thing to do as well. Um, yeah, but as to doing things that you maybe don't want to do, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to do lists exist for a reason. Um, yeah, because we do. We don't always have a hundred percent say in how we spend our time or what our daily routines look like. And even if we did, let's be honest, there would still be a ton of tasks on our to do list that we are not super fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ideas we were talking about was batching together. Definitely. I love this idea. Um, Doing things in short spurts as well. So, well, first of all, batching, yes. Like (laughs) taking light tasks and then doing them all in one go, like cleaning your apartment instead of just doing your cleaning your bathroom one day and cleaning your, I don't know, laundry the next day, having one day where you just cycle through everything really, really fast. can be really or, in a sim- or in a similar vein, batching together a whole bunch of really short tasks. If you yeah. have things that take five minutes that you've been putting off because they only take five minutes, um, do them all at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I like that idea of batching. And I also like the idea of um, taking advantage of those short breaks. So like you said, if you have things that only take five minutes, an example with me is that if I have if I have 10 or 15 minutes, instead of just going on the internet, when I remember to do this, I'll be like, no, I'll return that email that has been weighing on me that I haven't had time to sit down and return because I think it's going to take longer than 15 minutes. And lo and behold, usually it doesn't take longer than 15 minutes. Usually it takes 10 and then I'm out the door or whatever I was going. Um, Exactly. Taking advantage of those short things. And when it's something that's been, um, you've been dreading. I really like the idea of setting a timer or a time limit for the task and then just doing as much as it, as much of it as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. one of my favorite things ever is the Pomodoro method. And that's basically this way of working where you work for like half an hour then you take a five minute break or whatever your optimal uh, work rest cycle is. Um, I know some people do a 90 minute work and then a half hour break, but whatever. Um, I just like the idea of like setting the timer and then you start the timer and then, um, you do as much as you can in the time that you have, and then you stop. And mm-hmm. I often do this when I'm like stuck with writing something, I'll be like, I hate everything I'm writing. I don't want to do this. This is like taking me forever. I'm going to check Facebook. If I just set the timer, I'm just like pound out a first draft Usually I don't hate it by the end. So it was just a matter of getting started. Um, I had read about the Pomodoro technique a few years ago. I think on your blog, actually, you had written about it. Yeah. And I tried it and I'm really bad at it. Uh, (laughs) I like, because a timer goes off when you have to stop working. And usually if I have like five more minutes of something that I want to get done, I'll work right through the break. And then all of a sudden my break is up and the next session is supposed to begin. Um, but right. so I think, I think knowing how to stop working or being able to cut yourself off from work as well, like giving yourself that hard deadline really helps you prioritize those tasks and get the important things done. Um, for sure. Pomodoro doesn't work for me so well. Uh, one of the things that I did when I was a student was 
given my the battery life of my old HP, I would unplug my computer <laughs> and try to get something, try to get things done before the battery ran out. That's um, good. Because that meant if I had gone to the library without a power cord, uh, I couldn't waste time on things like Facebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, I always feel like I need to stick up for the Pomodoro method. I'm not sure why. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but I find I, I had another friend who she had a lot of complaints about it. And I just kind of felt like saying, well, it's not really the it's not really the method at all. I mean, um, it just has a, a fancy name. But if you like work through your break, then you can just take a longer break or you can make your cycles be like a five minutes longer or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to like. You don't have to be like, oh man, Pomodoro's watching me now that I walked worked through my break. I can't take one. Like, you can still I'm take not one. Yeah, Pomodoro. I'm just saying I'm bad at it. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't think, work. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, I think any of these ways that you can really get yourself to start. For me, it's always to just start working. I never have a problem once I'm already working. But to start working, usually setting any kind of timer, whatever you want to call it. Um, is really helpful because then I'm just like, all right, power through, let's go. Um, yeah. And then do as much as I can before the time runs out. Um, yeah. Speaking I feel of like, which. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to throw in one or two extra like superpower tips that okay. uh, I haven't totally implemented in my life, but would like to try. I listened to this podcast called after the jump. Um, which is hosted by Grace Bonney, who's the brainchild behind Design Sponge, this massive design website. Um, mm -hmm. And she talks a lot about productivity. And one of the ideas that she talks about is sort of automating as much as you can in your daily life, which is an idea I've heard from other sources as well. But um, things like deciding what you're going to eat for breakfast every day um, or deciding the types of clothes that you're going to wear so you can mix and match really easily. Um, for example, I was telling Laura when I go to work, I have like four pairs of pants that are work appropriate and I have like four button down shirts. And so every day I just choose one and choose the other and then put them on and it takes me about two seconds to decide what I'm going to wear. And the whole idea behind this is to sort of free up your brain uh, to make more important decisions and more creative decisions and to do other things like that. And I've, I read a book recently called daily rituals, how, how artists work. And there was a lot of this idea of like automation of your schedule, automation of what you're going to eat every morning and, uh, what you're going to wear and all these like little daily decision, um, uh, mm -hmm. decisions and how it can just sort of make you freer. And I think it's true if I'm like standing in the kitchen being like, what am I going to eat for lunch? And it takes up precious time otherwise versus the idea that you just are going to be like this, 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 and this. And then it takes me yeah. 25 minutes to make this. And then I'm going to just go on to my next task. Um, so is, that more, is that more about planning ahead or is it about doing the same thing every day? Um, I think it's a little of both. I think in the, so in the book, the artists, how artists work, a lot of it was just that they did the exact same thing every single day. And, um, they just found something that worked and then were like, okay, like this particular task in my day is not incredibly important to me. And I'm wasting time thinking about it each day. So either I'm going to pay a maid to like make my lunch for me every day or, I'm just going to have this same thing for lunch every single day. 
And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, of course you can do it until it stops <laughs> being fun. Like if you are eating something you absolutely hate, but I know when I was home, I ate like the same thing for lunch every day, I ate the same thing for breakfast every day. And, um, and it just, it worked for me until I got sick of it. And then I was like, I want to eat something else. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I think just the, embracing that idea of automation, you don't have to be obviously militant with it. You can be as militant as you, as you yeah. want or need to be. But that idea of automating little things is, yeah. is, is good. Cause it no, just, exactly. you're never, it's, n- it's never going to be perfect. Um, no. and I, I don't think that the takeaway from this podcast should be um, having perfection in every hour of your day and spending every minute in a way that's either productive or important because um, <laughs> um, I think that it's important to strive towards that to eliminate things that are unnecessary, but downtime is important. So yeah, finding the balance that works for you. Definitely. And just on that perfectionism note, like one last quick thing would be, um, I've started to embrace the idea of taking things off my to-do list or, uh, to do things on my to-do list in a 80, 20 kind of way. So basically to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So instead of putting something off, just doing it to the best of my ability now getting it off my plate. Right. Um, And that way you can just sort of take things off that are draining you or that are, that are a time suck. Just ship doing girl. ship it. Yeah. Shipping. Ship. I don't know if we've talked about shipping on the podcast before, but we actually haven't. Yeah. yeah. Shipping is one of my favorite things from Seth Godin and he's an amazing guy. You should read all his stuff, but he talks about how you should just ship something, just get it out there, put it out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think so many amazing things are held back by their creators because they're worried about them being perfect. But, um, yeah, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Get it out there. Love it. Best. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. Have a fantastic week. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, hope that you found something useful in here. If you have any questions for us, you can hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram. We are at green guinea pigs. Um, and also we'll put all of the great stuff that we talked about in the podcast in the show notes on our blog, guinea If you want a wonderful example beyond Nomi athlete and Zen habits of somebody who is productive with their time, check out Steph's blog, life in limbo. Seriously. <laughs> Um, you, you inspire me. Oh, girl. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.